Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. It's a podcast about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and The Bachelor in Paradise and just all of it. Just everything. I'm so excited, baby. Our baby is asleep and has been for 14 minutes, which means we can record a podcast the night of The Bachelor, which is exciting to me because I've been drinking a lot of dad's old rotten grape juice, which is what I call <laughs> wine. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling loose. And he's probably going to wake up after about 20 minutes, and there's going to be a harsh cut to us recording in the morning, I'm realizing Yeah, our now. voices will sound different. Yeah, right now I'm feeling so fucking loosey-goosey. I just had the best night basically in my whole life. <laughs> my son's asleep. Everything's fucking great. What a good episode of The Bachelor starring Nick Vile, and just everybody did a great job, and I'm so proud of you. Uh, we should tell everybody who's on our fantasy team. We drafted this. So uh, we used the Rose Reckoner, and uh, guess what? We fucked it up. It's on us. I don't I don't think we can place the blame at the Rose Reckoner. It's a great service that the Rose Reckoner provides for free. Um, and a billion of us used it, and we broke the website. But it's working now. Um, and Drew, as I understand it, is looking at ways to, like, sort of get boost its, boost its capabilities a little bit, um, which would be very exciting. But we have on our team Corinne, and that's basically all we need. Yeah. If you've got Corinne on your team, you've won the season that you're playing. Congratulations. We have Corinne, we have Raven, and we have Jasmine G. Which I was not sure about two of those. I was not sure about the non-Corinne quantities in that arrangement. And I should say, we have about six teams in our league, too. We, so. have, we have eight. Oh, eight? We have a ton, yeah. So those weren't all necessarily our first choice, but I think things shook out. I think out teams turned out good. And we have there's well. another team that has Corinne. The other team that has Corinne also has Veronica and Liz. Vanessa, you mean? Oh yeah, who's Veronica? <laughs> Thanks, Dad's rotten old grape juice. <laughs> you got me again. It really nips at you. I love wine. <laughs> it's so spicy when you drink it, and it gets in your snoot, and it's like, mmm. This is why. This is why we. This is why we whine. One day when I'm not feeding our son every hour, I will return. One day when our son doesn't demand fresh mom dairy every 11 minutes <laughs> on the 11 minute mark. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so brutal having a baby. The demands that they put on you, it's not, it's not like anything you've ever experienced before. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but it must be really hard for you. It's hard for me. <laughs> I haven't gotten to drink dad's old rotten grape juice in six whole weeks. That's... And six weeks is the period that you used to get report cards in in primary school, which is what we called it in the UK. <laughs> okay. Should we get started? I went to Oxford Junior. Oh, there's an update on my computer. Do you want to turn off your that alert thing? I don't want to stand up because that's wasting precious baby sleep podcasting time that we could be doing. Okay. Uh, so let's get started then. What a fucking banger of an episode though, right? So we still have 22 women. Too many women. I thought it was more. I thought it was like 20, 25. 22. Still a lot of women, though. Uh, And um, there are going to be three dates this week, as we are told by Chris Harrison when he pops in the morning after the ceremony. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dark rites. Two group dates Mm -hmm. and a one-on-one date. This first group date has... We need a new... we, We need better words for it. Because the second group date has like six women in it. That's a group date. Hello. Yes. When it's 12 women, 
that's ceased to be a group date. That is a that's a that's a that's a gathering of the juggalos. That's that's like a second grade slumber party. That's a festival, is what you put together there. <laughs> you've, you've you've put together a box social. That is we not made a date. The, we made the joke that with that many women, all you can hope for is that Nick sneezes and you get to say bless you, and that can be your interaction. But like four other women are going to say bless you. Though. I know you have to hope that you're closest to him so you can put your hand on his shoulder and offer him a Kleenex. This date was so fucking off the wall. I loved it. This date took me to Flavortown. <laughs> this episode took me to Flavortown. This episode deserves the Emmy. Uh, so the women get to leave the mansion in blue convertibles. They all hop in. I mean, they're like fucking Seabrinks. It was these were not nice whips. Uh, so there's like, gosh, with twelve women, I think they take three cars. Yeah, four to four to a ride. Um, and they go to this really big mansion even bigger than the bachelor mansion which is i always think is a weird destination for a date we're going to a bigger big big house (laughs) it's like our big house but bigger why aren't we staying Um, in this big big house you're wondering i don't know can i tell you something i just thought of this this week okay so normally there's 25 women you mentioned this during the tv show and it was a real fucking stumper normally there's 25 women and they all stay in the bachelor mansion yes and they have well they cut it down but yeah I mean, yeah. most of them. Oh, don't... you know what? Night one. Yeah, they kick off a bunch of That's women. what it is. But Maybe. still. So they have a bunch of rooms with bunk beds and the women all share rooms. When they increase the number of women in a season, where are those women sleeping? Yeah. And I know that they cut it down, but they still had to have more night one than they traditionally do. I mean, if Unreal has taught us anything, everybody's shacking up on these shows. A lot of interpersonal connections between the staff between oh. between the hired help, you think they're out in the trailers. The line producers, the you know, I've I've made a television program at this point, so like I watch Unreal and I'm like, yep, that's that's exactly Griffin, how it is. No. What? That is how it is. Were you were you shacking up with people no, on your TV show? No, no, no. But I did sabotage somebody's car, so they died in a car accident. <laughs> hey, Unreal, can we talk about your fucking second season for a minute, please? It's dark. You got a little wild there a little bit. Maybe rein it in just a little bit, because like two people died on your season of television. I'm sorry that these are spoilers, but at this point... If at this point, if you haven't watched Unreal season two, like it's 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 nobody important. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it doesn't spoil the spectacle. It doesn't spoil the dumb storytelling they do. Everything's fixed. I killed them. Oh, you killed them? This is a TV show about The Bachelor. What do you mean? I murdered them. Like on The Bachelor, they do. We were not a fan, but we love the show. If they had another season, I'd watch it. Yeah, if they fucking lower the KD ratio. (laughs) Uh, So at this big mansion, the women walk to the backyard, and Nick is out there, and a very colorfully dressed man... What was his name? Franco. Franco. Franco Costa. Franco Costa. Uh, and there's a series of wedding gowns hung up, and Franco Costa is a photographer um, with a with a very with a very bright, loud shirt. I mean, it's also like a romper. It's like a one. It, I'm pretty sure it was a romper situation. <laughs> short sleeve, short legged romper, like stained glass romper, and it was it was the dopest. And he had this beautiful, elegant little mustache. And sunglasses and sunglasses. And what was busted is Nick stood in front of Franco for like five minutes and like saying, so these group dates are really uncomfortable for me. And he talked for like five minutes without explaining like, (laughs) so this, this, this beautiful, beautiful man behind me, uh, and his, his bright and wild shirt, uh, 
he didn't explain it for such a long time. And if I was one of these women, I'd be like, stop talking and tell me who the m- much yeah. more interesting man behind <laughs> right? you is. I can't even see you right I now. I can't even see you. All I can see is Franco and his wonderful romper. Uh, so the photographer lets the women know that Franco is the photographer. Do we set that up at all? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the photographer is going to take Franco. We're on first name basis with him. You can call him Franco. <laughs> what what about- if it was James Franco doing one of his like little immersion bits? Uh huh. That's Chris made that comment too. Damn it, Chris. You always make my jokes before me, Christopher. <laughs> um, so he says he's going to be taking photos of them in in a various uh, assortment of wedding-related costume. And whoever does the best job, he, quote, will have a nice surprise for them. Spoiler, it's not a good it was It's not, not a an especially good surprise. Good surprise. Uh, so the brides and bridesmaids are wearing... Um, it's fucked up. All sorts of garb. This was a fucked up challenge. About so of the twelve, twelve women, twelve human women on this day. Yeah. Um, like eight of them got to dress up as different brides, right? Yes. So there's like the eighties bride, and there was the, the pregnant bride, pregnant shotgun wedding vibe bride. I don't know. I said vibe. Um, there's they, a bikini bride, which is not anything. And but like some of the women got to be bridesmaids, and it's like, yeah, you having fun on your date because you're you're like. You don't even get to be yeah. technically a member of this. We've one. already given you less preferred status, just in your costume. It stinks. The shotgun wedding was Alexis. Who Alexis? Yes, yes. The, the shark dolphin. Um, who? There's a lot of sort of misconceptions about what a shotgun wedding is in their little shoot because she's pregnant and he's helping her deliver the baby and also she has a shotgun pointed at him. Yeah, she like, is shooting him. She's shooting him, but he's delivering the baby and it's like, you guys are just having fun with props right now. <laughs> you're not really respecting sort of the the well, narrative thread that you're as weaving. As we know about Alexis, she plays it fast and loose with costumes. She That's is true. not She is not tied to any narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, we this also, was such a good Alexis episode, by the way, you guys. It I am, was. And a great Josephine. I'm, I'm a big fan of like the weird beards on this season so far. <laughs> um, we also had a uh, an Eve bride that's wearing like a little leaf bikini bottom. The payoff for that was that Corinne, who they are setting up to defo, defo be like all-time villain maybe ever. Yeah. Um, but definitely the villain of this season. Uh, was the bikini bride. And so she's wearing like a bikini, but also like a dress from the waist down. And all the women are like, Corinne, you look so hot. And he's going to be just crazy about you. And Corinne's like, I'm glad I got this outfit because I'm like, you know, I've got a lot of sex appeal. I'm very open about my sexuality. And I know Nick is very into that. So this is, we're really going to hit it off. And I think I'm really going to make a mark inter a woman who's literally topless wearing like a, a, a leaf, leaf thong, uh, and this like this ruins Corinne's basically whole life when who was it? Who was the woman who dressed up like Oh, uh, Brittany? Brittany, yes. Sorry, gang. Just gonna go ahead and apologize ahead of time. We are definitely still in the phase where I do not know these people. I, I just don't know these people. I mean, people. there were twelve people on this date. Like the only reason I know is because I have notes. Yes. Fair. Uh so they do a variety of photo shoots in line with the theme of their outfit. Um and so you had me write down. You were really excited. Okay, yes. About one of the women and her positioning. Who was the? Was it Taylor? I didn't even write down her name. Pretty sure it was Taylor. Was like one of the first women to like. You were really insistent that I write well, down. Well, I'll say it. Don't ruin okay, the okay, joke. Okay, okay, okay. Go tell your joke. I mean, the joke's not funny, but looking at it, it was pretty crazy. Was it on theme with her costume? 
I don't even remember what the costume. I can't was. figure out why you made that. Oh, now I know why. You well, made it's joke. because she. Uh, they were sort of modeling together, and they, she was really hitting these these positions really hard, doing a lot of blue steel, and she like kneels down like she's proposing to him, and it's like, well, that's a fun little role reversal, and then she sort of gingerly puts the side of her <laughs> face, puts the side of her face up uh, right up against his pebus. And um, I said it was like she was listening to a conch shell. And then I said, huh, cock shell. Um, And And you were like, Rachel, write that down. Well, I mostly wanted to talk about this pretty bold position because the the photo shoot date is not a new thing, right? Uh, I think, was it Juan Pablo had the romance novel date? They do one of these like every season. But I tell you, babe, what they don't (laughs) do every season, and that is to put their ear right up against their beepus like (laughs) it is um, like a door that they're trying to spy on a conversation through. (laughs) You know, I've never... Um, I've never listened to the penis, but, um, Mm. are there things you can hear down there, maybe? Yeah, I mean, you can hear the, the sperm cells. The whooshing? The whoosh, and they- The whooshing of the sperm? I mean, it just sounds like a bunch of things just sort of banging around a bunch of walls, because they're (laughs) eager, and they just sort of slap around down there. It's gross. It's like, it's like a bunch of snakes in a bathtub. I don't know, like, how to describe the noise. (laughs) That's, that's actually it's a good fertility test. Like if if you hear a lot of um, synchronized movement, just a lot of sloppy, just like a slop, bunch of sloppy wiggling, then well, you know that. But there's... if it sounds more uniform, then you know the man has a has a good yeah. setup. But if it's just if it's like if it's like bad jazz, if it's, if it's cacophonous, yeah. C- Cacoc- oh, babe, cacophonous. <laughs> okay, you almost did. I can't. <laughs> if it's like whiplash down there, it's no good. <laughs> That's why um, that's why you need fucking J. Jonah Jameson to come and yell at your dick. It's a good fertility treatment. What's the man's name? J.K. Simmons. Booyah. Yeah, who was the first person you said? J. Jonah Jameson. He played J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. Okay. He was J. Jonah Jameson, the mean, the mean newspaper man in the Spider-Man you're movies. S- you're saying that name so fast. J. Jonah Jameson? <laughs> From Spider-Man? Um, okay, so... Uh, that was a we, good movie. <laughs> that boy drums so good. Teller, tell Miles to Miles Teller. He drums so good. He was a very good drummer. Did he drum before that? Were they like you have to learn how to be the best drummer ever for this movie? He's like, I I'll think work he on learned it. for the movie. Yeah. Fucking great job, dude. Yeah, good for you. Because you can use that. <laughs> I'm saying after the movie, he can still drum. Like he knows how to drum now. That's great. Mm-hmm. What did you learn for the Mabim Bam TV show? I didn't learn anything. I have no. I have no skills. I I have no skills now that I didn't have before the season. I was hoping you'd come back and you could like yo-yo real good. No, I should have learned to drum. I should have been like you know it'd be an important fun like important thing for me is if I was just learning to drum the whole series. Hey CISO, will you pay for me to CISO. take drum lessons? Season two, let me drum. I could do it, man. Not as good as Miles Teller. You can make those noises real good. You can, like, how great is it? You go to do a movie, right? And it's like, hey, shithead who plays Hawkeye, um, here's how to use a bow and arrow. You know he doesn't actually learn how to use it. You know it's all CGI. At the end of that movie, he doesn't know how to shoot a bow and arrow. Miles Teller can really play the drums now. That's great for him. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Can I'm we, just really happy for Miles Teller. Can we, can we get back to the show? Yeah. <laughs> so 
I will say our girl Jasmine G really steps up this week because she is allocated to be a bridesmaid. But in her photo shoot, she goes in for the smooch. Yeah. Which is. Okay. So about six times this episode, and it happened definitely in the last episode too, when the women kiss Nick, he makes this fucking face. Like not only. I didn't notice that. Oh, dude. It's like not only has he never been kissed before, it's like he's never he never knew that kisses were a thing that existed. And so he makes this like, huh? Like, <laughs> what are you doing in my mouth with yours? Well, you know, last week you mentioned his tiny mouth and how he little he moves it. I bet it really takes a lot of work for him to get some smooches in. Maybe. In tiny mouth. Well, I think he maybe has a normal or perhaps even a big size mouth that he has to work really, he has to be very conscious about keeping it tiny to like seem, you know, so quaint and like charming. Um, <laughs> and so when he goes in for the kiss, like he finally relaxes. And so he's just like, Ugh, you know, Ooh. you don't like that noise. That reminds me of Josh on Bachelor in Paradise when he'd make those groan noises. Mm. If you haven't watched this episode yet, like seriously watch Nick's reactions to being kissed. And I think it's also because he, it's a group date, right? And so he doesn't want to seem like, oh, I'm having a good time getting smooched in front of all these women. And so he makes this face like, what? What's he? That's that is the the perfect yeah. sort of like verbalization of what this facial. No, that's a good. That's a good. It's call. all him like what? Because he did it to Corinne too. Because the other women were around when she kissed him first episode. He made this face like, whoa. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Corinne. Pl- it's we need to talk about Corinne. So Corinne is in the bikini. Uh-oh. Is this a break? Is this the end of Act 1? Oh, we good. Nope. Eyes open. Well, let's keep going. The time's on the clock. Uh, so Corinne is the bikini bride, and so she gets in the pool with Nick, and she has seen already Brittany's photo shoot with the, with the leaves, yes. correct? Uh, Brittany works it, too. Brittany, you know, is doing a lot of smizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so she decides... She decides she's got to be more extreme. So they get in the pool and she starts kind of really going for it. And at a certain point, she decides she's going to take her top off. Yeah. So she takes his shirt off and then says, like, I'm going to join you in topless town and takes her top off. And And then she tells him to Janet Jackson it. Which, y'all, for those of you that are maybe a little young. Everyone knows. You don't. Okay. I didn't know if, like, maybe the kids that were born, you know, 10, 15 years ago. She, but she does have to be very explicit. Like, you're going to put your bare hands on my bare boobs, which is a turn of phrase she uses three times during the episode. Yeah. Put your bare hands on my bare boobs. And Nick's eyebrows move to the fucking International Space Station for a while to live. Because he's like, what? Do what with your what's now? I think we're done. I think we're done, folks. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back tomorrow with more Rose Buddies. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> I wish. Again, Into the Woods. You know how they end act one? It's like, oh, oh, I wish. Yeah. That's my Cinderella. I auditioned. They said no. For Cinderella? For the, no, for, yes, for the part of Cinderella in the new Into the Woods movie. They said, we're doing Anna Kendrick. I said, how many roles do I have to lose to Anna Kendrick? <laughs> Folks, it's uh, 10 in the morning. <sighs> you know, in the cold light of day, I may have talked a little bit too much about Miles Teller last night <laughs> and his drumming and how proud I was of him. <laughs> Um, yeah, Griffin, just so you know, doesn't drink wine in the morning. 
No, I don't. So not I, on Tuesdays anyway. So our recording will be a little different from yeah, here on out. A little out. less fun. A lot less fun. So uh, where are we at? Corin getting those breasts. Did you handled. say Corin? Isn't that her name? Corinne. Whatever. <laughs> getting those breasts just just grasped. The other thing we should mention if we didn't is that there was a whole group of women just outside the pool watching. Guys, it was literally like watching this whole thing go down. This is why Nick's this was unprecedented. A person on the TV show that makes my skeleton run away at pretty regular intervals actually had their skeleton run away cuz like as much as Nick doesn't want to kiss a woman in front of the other women, he most certainly does not want to grasp and grapple with the women. Well, and it's such a clear alpha move. You know, like Nick's been on the show enough to know like what alpha moves are. And yes. this, that's what this was. This was a primo alpha move. And yeah. it was also super uncomfortable to watch. Just the whole situation was I mean, most attempts at being sexy on this show are pretty brutal because um almost invariably it sort of breaks the veil of, hey, we're making a television show. Um, so maybe we shouldn't be grasping and grappling because this, there's a bunch of people around. We're making a TV show. But hey, guess what? It worked because she won the she very special won. challenge. Well, that was not Nick's decision. That was Marco Franco Franco's decision. Uh, who was like, I like your chutzpah. I like your gall. And I like the way you got your breasts grappled. Yeah, so from what I could tell, the the prize for winning was that she got an additional photo shoot on yeah. a car, and all the other women had to stand and cheer, and they drove away with Franco in the driver's and seat. this time, Nick had to grapple her butt cheeks. No, Griffin. She did make him do that for the photograph. How did How did that happen in the car so that they could pick it up on film? Yeah, she, well, <laughs> it was a lot of sort of lowering and hoisting uh so they drove away and then there was and then she grabbed his butt cheeks and just like worked them (laughs) you're you're really getting somebody's fetish yeah i am right now just the double butt cheek car grab just the double cheek squeeze (laughs) all four cheeks are in a vehicle care of in a car yeah Mm -hmm. it's tough to do now i've read i've read some of that erotic fiction before Oh, on GriffinMcElroy.biz, where <laughs> yeah. I host all of it. If you were your brother Justin, you would buy that domain right now. But only I'm responsible with my money. <laughs> um, so the second part of the date is like drinks outside. It's I their standard, like we ran out of date ideas. Yeah. So, so we're just going to go now up Now it's building. like a cocktail party. Uh, only there's thing. 12 of them. And I, I, this is... Let's talk about Corinne. How do you say her name? Corinne. All right. Let's talk about her. <laughs> okay. She's obviously primo villain material, right? Um, one difference is she's fucking good at it. Like, she's really, really, really very, very good at it. Um, and coming off of Ben the Axeman Higgins season, where none of the women wanted to steal... How many times... I can count on one hand the number of times that a woman yeah, stole away. Yeah, we talked that season a lot about how the women weren't hungry enough. In this episode, there were more steelsies. Yeah. Um, and most of them were, were Corinne, can I, uh, which is awesome. Can I give awesome. you a Corinne quote? Mm-hmm. So Corinne is reflecting on the date to the camera, and she tells us, He held my boobs. No one has ever held my boobs like that. And no one ever will. He did. He did just then, though. Shakespeare. Shakespeare wrote in <laughs> in his fifth. And as you like it. And as you like it. Oh, I know how you like it. 
from behind, Janet Jackson style. <laughs> um, Corinne, you're a treasure. You're a national treasure. Yeah, she she continues to steal him away throughout the evening, uh, much to the chagrin of the other ladies. I feel like this point she may have been a little intoxicated, but I always feel uncomfortable talking about that, especially this early in the season because we do not we have not calibrated with these women yet. We do not know like what is just there. Yeah, it's usual. more like a like a spot the differences kind of game because we don't have a problem with them getting intoxicated. No, but it's always fun to like figure it out. Yeah, because they <laughs> say more stuff. Yeah, um, I feel like if I was on this show, people would think I was drunk all the time because when I get like tired, I it's basically it feels like it's the same it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like we just went on a date and you want to go on a second night date right now? Ugh. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be kind of sloppy. I guess on these dates, like, women have to bring suitcases because they have to have a day outfit and an evening outfit. Yeah, especially if you're the woman whose outfit was, like, a fucking leaf bikini, and that's it. You can't wear that out the next night. Gosh, and the maintenance, like, I don't want to get crass here, but these ladies have to keep smooth all the time for whatever situation might come up. You mean like smooth demeanor, like M- like MC Scat Cat, like really fucking just like cool and smooth, like, um, like in their their leg and upper leg area, and their upper upper leg, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, I don't know why we're talking about this. Well, I'm just saying, like, you probably have to do a midday shave, you know? Woofa doofa. I mean, they probably have a producer for that. They have their own private shaver. They have a they have a <laughs> bikini line producer. Oh, I like I'm really that. uncomfortable talking about this, babe. I, you know, why did we go here? Some things just occur to me as we're recording, and I feel like I should share them. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there are some fun things that happen on this date. Our girl Raven, who is on our team, mm-hmm. has a nice moment where she's talking to Nick, and Nick really connects with her because she's so honest. Raven was pretty far down our list. She was our number three pick, and so like we were n- really worried about whether or not she was going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like they had a pretty good connection. Yeah, he likes her honesty because she basically... She got real. She got real, real. She's like you know, something you should know about me, and this is going to come out wrong, but I'm kind of attracted to assholes. And I... I think I, she said dicks. Oh, really? The beep was so short. Okay. So unless she was like, assholes. <laughs> um, and and it seems kind of like she's implying Nick's an asshole, but she pivots and says, well, but it's just because you always kind of say what you think, uh, and I like that about you. Mm. And And Nick tells the viewers that he likes that about her, too. Genuine. I think yeah. she's. I think she's going to do really well because I don't think there's another woman on the show right now quite, quite like her. Uh, and then Alexis has some time with him and is like, "Hey, isn't it funny that I've been a dolphin and a pregnant person?" Um, and and he's like, yeah, "Yeah, you're right. I don't really know that much about to you, but I want to." And she says, "Well, let me tell you a little story about." And, and then, then Corinne, Corinne kicks in the door like, Corinne no. comes up again. And we were upset, and a lot of the people watching in the Facebook group were upset. Like, at no point does Nick say, hey, Corinne, I just sat down with this lady. There was some argument about whether or not it was acceptable to, as the bachelor or bachelorette, to say, no, I'm going to stay here and keep talking to this person. We've only just started. Because I definitely feel like it's happened. I know my girl Jasmine did it, but maybe the special Canadian modifier to the rule set up there. Maybe yeah, it's like... It, I mean, it, it's not like he's a puppet. Like, he has the ability to say things before producers can intervene. Sure, but because it was Corin doing it, and they're, like, trying to set her up as villain status, I don't... Th- I think they're just going to give her the the, you know... 
as much runway as she needs. I to guess get off so. The I mean, and he does in his time with her, uh, in his repeated time with her, he does say like that he's having a good time. No, she seems like she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and it's not like he's under her like rule. She super seems like his his type. Um, also, like I think I think she's gonna. I actually think she's gonna do really well. No, that's I, I, true. I don't think this is gonna be. I think she's got more uh, Courtney potential, where like she can make it super duper far um, than like a you know a Tierra or somebody like that who's just gonna like burn out real fast. I will say home. there's a great power play. So after Corinne steals Moy during Alexis's time, Taylor gets time, and she, Corinne comes back. So Taylor's talking to Nick. Corinne shows up, says, "Hey, can I steal you away one more time?" And uh, like, uh, sure. And then so Taylor gets up, walks so, away. And when this happened, we were like, could you, if I was on the show, what I would do is if somebody stole me away, I would leave for like 45 seconds, turn around and come back in and be like, hey, can I just steal yeah. you? Yeah. Which is exactly Which what is Taylor does. Exactly what Taylor does right here. It was balling. And Corinne is so pissed. <laughs> She's like, "That was rude." Okay, like when I do things, it's okay. What was but the word when other she people used? She do it. Re re interrupted. She re interrupted me, <laughs> and it just shows you what type of person. You, like when I do it, I'm really classy about it. Yeah. But when she re interrupted me, like that showed me exactly the type of person that she is. And it's like Corinne, that's such a that's such dope specious thinking. I fucking love it. <laughs> And so then when Taylor finishes her time with Nick, her and Corinne are sitting together back in the pool of women and they this have a confrontation. So dope. This confrontation was like, so are you, are do you, are you feeling okay about what happened? And Taylor's like, yeah, you know, it's like, I feel you- like my time was good and I just wanted some more of that time. And Corinne's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I just, I just wanted to make sure. Cause you know, like, I just wanted to make sure that that was okay. And Taylor's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, that was, that was okay. I understand. Corinne's like, if you have, you know, if you like have anything you want to like, just like talk, you know, talk about, about what happened, then like, I'm, I'm fine. And Taylor's like, no, I'm fine. And Corinne's like, okay, okay, okay. Corinne's like, I just wanted to make sure it didn't upset you, you know, when I stole him away. And Taylor's like, no, 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 I, I'm not upset. And Corinne's like, well, good, because I wasn't upset when you re-interrupted. And, and Taylor's like, well, good, good, because, yeah, no. This it, was is, ve- it was very, <laughs> like, like quiet rage. And then cut to Corinne doing one of those behind-the-scenes interviews where she was like, so I fucking told her, man. <laughs> I fucking told her. You got a problem with me. You can step to my face. And it's like, Corinne, dude, we just watched this. And then Corinne gives kind of a weird speech to the group where she's like, hey, you know, things are going to get weird. Things are going to get crazy. Sometimes you're going to interrupt your friends. Sometimes you're going to interrupt people that are not your friends. And we just all need to be okay with that. And everyone's sitting around looking at each other like, why are we getting this this lecture? She is going to be all time. <laughs> I hope they don't get so because I know in like the season trailer, they did like a they hook up thing like she goes to his place and seduce. I really hope they don't get gross with it because like right now I feel like it's just like innocuous bad girl like points stuff where it she's reminds just, like, me a little bit of lace what i mentioned on the show like if lace had stuck no around, way. lace lace was lace was not like um well no lace wouldn't have been as sexual not but, even that I, lace lace wasn't a bad lace wasn't a villain like at all she was just a weirdo that's what i'm saying i'm not sure corinne is either i think corinne has some social issues like lace did i think corinne is a million times more assertive than laces and i think she's i think she's gonna i think she's gonna go the distance um yeah i guess i guess what i'm saying is that i think corinne comes from a place of just knowing what she wants and going for it 
and not necessarily thinking about etiquette, which is the same th- way that I think Lace was. You're saying maybe she's like a little bit, um, she has a bit of an entitled background because maybe she has a fucking adult nanny or something like that, <laughs> oh, is yeah. what you're suggesting. I forgot about the adult nanny. How could you forget about the adult nanny? How quickly? How quickly I forget. In every moment of her being, I think about her adult nanny she uh, has. So there is a rose on this group date, uh, and Corinne does get it, so... Um, Nick clearly Nick likes what he sees. He's on board. Um, yeah, nobody really, nobody else really, nobody else really popped off there. Alexis, uh, what was the thing that Alexis did in the after credits on this day? She had some funny bit in the after credits. Oh, she got, uh, she talked about how oh. it was the one year birthday of her uh, boob job that she got done. Yeah. Um, and, and had little cupcakes. Had little cupcakes. For them to celebrate. And they blew them out and ate them. And she's like, these cupcakes are terrible. Uh, these cupcakes <laughs> taste bad. My boobs taste way better than these cupcakes. And it's like, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we also get a little, a little moment from Raven. Um, a little moment of snark. Where she says, uh, after Corinne gets the rose, Raven says, if Nick likes someone that leads with sexuality, no wonder it's his fourth time. Oh, Raven. Ooh, ooh, Raven, burn. But, like, get off. That's that's such a whack thing to go after somebody for, I feel like. Well, it is. But I I think Raven comes across as this really sweet, small-town girl. From Hoxie, Indiana. Arkansas. Hoxie, Nevada. <laughs> There's six people there. It's like the Springfield of the United States. There's 14 people there, and I'm two of them. What? Um, <laughs> but I, I was just kind of excited to see her get sassy, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And sassy towards Nick. I think it was more directed towards Nick. Of yeah, like, but she was throwing shade at... She was throwing shade at Corinne too. Well, do you know? There's just there's a there is a there's a a place for decorum in this process. Mm. This has see, been Griffin's etiquette corner. I just don't want to see any slut shaming. I want these. Somebody mentioned in the Facebook group after the first episode that they were hopeful that this could be like in every season of The Bachelorette. You always get so much footage of the boys just being boyfriends and like friending out with no, each other, you're hanging right. out and being buds, That's a good and you point. never fucking get that. That's why Carly and Jade was like so dope and so like revolutionary. Yeah, you don't get to see the special friendships. You don't get to see the friendships be- between the women. What you do get to see is what happens later in the episode with Liz and Christian, which is like, oh, just like it took you like fifteen minutes to. And I'm not saying that, like, uh, you know, all they are doing is, like, stabbing each other in the back. But that's fucking certainly what they are showing us and all yeah. they're showing us. No, that's true. That's like Although, the first episode, we did get that nice moment where they were pitching cheese, yeah. candy into Alexis's mouth. Yeah, I know. It's such too. a fun, like, I genuinely, it's childish, but I really like that element in The Bachelorette where it's like, these boys are just being, these boys are buddies. Well, it's the like same that. thing with America's Next Top Model. You never see the gals, like, galling out. You just see them competing. Yeah, that's, I guess that's true. Uh, okay, so now it's time for the single date, which is uh, with Danielle M. Uh, they go up in a helicopter, Natch, uh, and then they land on a yacht uh, where they have champagne and sit in a hot tub and eat cheese and just just hang. Observations about this date. One, they're both fucking terrified of this yacht, hel- helicopter to yacht landing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Nick in particular is like, oh, we're just going to. Oh, we're going to go down on that, huh? Ooh. Uh, and my other observation is, just kidding, there is no other observation because this part of the date lasts like six seconds because this is when Liz is telling her yeah. secret to Chris- Christian? Kristen? Uh, I think it's Kristen. Okay. But it's spelled... It's spelled Christian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Christian is the f- faith-based born-again, vir- or not born-again, faith-based virgin, and Liz is the woman who hooked up with 
Nick, at which they Jane remind us of constantly, constantly, constantly. constantly. Um, which spoiler? As if we could forget. Spoiler alert: When they are hitting this shit this hard, this is true of any reality TV show fucking ever. If you're watching Top Chef and they are focusing particularly on somebody's <laughs> story, that person is going to go the fuck home that episode because they are wringing every drop of, of narrative juice out of them that they can yeah. possibly get. And so the fact that they went so hard on this shit in episode one and episode two, like... Well, and you can tell they keep pushing Liz. So obviously episode one, Liz talks to Nick and confesses who she is and they talk about it. And then for some reason on this episode, we get Liz saying, you know what, I really just need to talk to Nick. And I I don't know what there is left. No. Well, here's 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 the truth of this situation. This is my hot take on the Liz Nick thing. And we're going to talk more about it because it was the the like yeah. back half of the episode was all this. But like this was just like this was just like uh this this show's built around arcs, right? Each season has arcs in it. Um and this was one of this season's like planned arcs. And I'm not going to like tinfoil hat it and say like it started at the wedding when a producer saw them talking and thought, hmm, if we made Nick Ooh, the Bachelor, we could have this hot art. I didn't even think about that. Well, uh, That's uh, devious. But I mean, of course, Bachelor Nation was like repping the set there, and there were probably people there that would see that shit and think like, ooh, this could be good. Oh, man. Do you think they sent up like a bunch of wedding guests like, <laughs> to <laughs> well, Nick? What I'm saying, though, is there's a 100% chance, though, that this was an arc for the season. And just like making a TV show, sometimes it's just like not good stuff like the people in like liz and nick just like couldn't sell it or maybe there wasn't any heat there or like the the stuff that they tried to get them to do together there was no like intensity maybe nick legit like dead ass did not know that liz was going to be there and was pissed off because he did so much image maintenance in bachelor in paradise yeah. and now here's this woman who he hooked up with that could yeah. potentially like spoil the, this is a fucked up way of thinking about it, but it's almost certainly how he was thinking about it. That could like ruin his untarnished reputation here in the house, uh, which is supposed to be like his clean, his clean slate, right? Yeah. So like any number of things could happen, but just like it's fizzling, it's not fucking working out, and they are trying so hard to keep the ball in the air, and it just, it just ain't working. Yeah. So what we get, so. I'll just say, so the single date, Danielle and Nick go to Balboa Island and they ride a Ferris wheel. Nobody cares because all we're looking at is Liz and Kristen. And Liz decides she's going to confess to Kristen that her and Nick have a past. Chris, let's just say Kristen and just like not have to worry about the correct, correct pronunciation anymore. Kristen. 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 Uh, and so... First, I don't. I don't really know their friendship, but Liz. It's because it was not shown. Liz, we did not get to see that that particular acquaintance. Liz gets kind of detailed and says, "You know, we were we were hanging out, and then we had sex, and we would intermittently have sex and then talk." Um, the thing that was weird about this confession to Kristen is it seems to take place over three locations with three yes. different outfits. First, it's like by a poolside, <laughs> and then they're like in one of those little. Um, uh, like pag- pagoda is that the palapa. Right word? palapa no <laughs> uh and then it's like inside the house and like every time they're wearing different clothes so it's like these conversations took place over like, the course of like six days or something like that yeah they keep showing them in different places talking about this mm. and liz just gets more and more detailed and then the 
the outcome that is reached is that Liz is going to talk to Nick again about it. And how convenient, because there's a group date mm-hmm. with Liz and Kristen on it. Um, we should mention on Danielle M's date uh, that they have dinner, and she talks about her fiancé, who passed away five and a half years ago, um, which when she mentioned that, uh, the people we were watching the show with were like, What? Um, and it, I didn't even think about it. Like, it didn't even occur to me that, like, that was listed in her bio. Some loud-ass birds outside. <laughs> you hear those rude birds? If they wake up our baby, I'm going to go fucking punch those birds right in the wing. Um, <laughs> she mentioned it in her bio, but did not mention it in the first episode of the show. Um, and so nobody, like, knew this was, like, a big, this is like, a big revelation. But her husband, or her fiancé, uh, they'd been... Uh, engaged for like th- a couple Three months. months. Yeah. Um, and he died of a drug overdose and she did not know that he was, a, he used drugs. And yeah. so it came as like a shock and she was the one that found him. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she says that she has told uh, people that she's been in relationships with before about this story and usually it, it pushes them away. Yeah. Uh, but Nick, which of course cues Nick to be like, I feel even closer to you yeah this story makes me like you even more which is like nick lets her know strange way to word it but it's sweet Um, yeah nick lets her know he's not deterred and gives her the rose i think there was a cynical part of us that obviously this is a fucking horrible thing to happen to anybody we wouldn't you know wish it or goof goof about it but the only parallel we really have is kelsey um from what's that that wasn't ben's season was it was it fucking ben's season I thought it was Chris's. Maybe in Chris's season, uh, who's from Austin, Texas, who also had a fiance. Yeah, because remember who... we see Carly popping champagne. Yes. Oh, shit. That was... Yeah. Um, uh, her fiance passed away before the show, um, but her treatment of the situation was... She actually says the words, I love my story, um, and like used it as a weird... Danielle like, doesn't seem like play. the type. Danielle does not seem like the type no. to do this at all. She seems like a, she seems like a total sweetheart. Uh, so group date is uh, Chris Kristen. Uh, Josephine, Astrid, Jamie, Christina, and Liz. Astrid is apparently from Huntington. I don't think I talked to you about this, or maybe I did, but Bradbury texted me and said she's from Huntington. Um, and that her sister, I guess, still lives there? Huh. That's wild. That is wild. I know. It's wild. That is the only thing we know about her. That is it. And she speaks German. Mm-hmm. So it's two things. Uh, so they are going on a Hollywood date. Uh, they go to the... <laughs> Museum of Broken Relationships, which apparently is a real thing. Oh, man. It's a real thing, and it's real It's kind of like, it's set up like an art gallery, and there are little exhibits. It's set up like a fart gallery. This is the worst date I've ever, like, this date Boo. was just like, no, because it made my, it, Jesus, my skeleton tore itself in half running in multiple directions <laughs> out of my body. Well, like, it could not get out of me fast enough. So what what is in the museum is different artifacts from people's failed relationships, which I think is kind of an interesting concept. No, it is. <laughs> because one of the things in it was fucking Nick walks in and he's like, "So this is a, this is a, um, museum of broken relationships." And it's good Nick. What I want you to do is try to find the thing that um, that I I have from in here, uh, and uh, yeah, let's just let's just look around. And like immediately, there's like a fucking dried up rose through a big gaudy Engage ass Neil Lane yeah. ass ring, and somebody's like, "This is it," and he's like, mm, "It looks like uh, the hunter." Like there was it was it was so the rose much. it was the rose and ring for Caitlyn. 
Um, and then he tells this story that I guess is supposed to be emotional, but like I couldn't feel anything. <laughs> I can't feel anything for you, Nick. I'm sorry. Everything because it's like you're not show, you're not revealing anything to me right now. Well, and it's the formula of the show. It's not like he took a once in a lifetime shot and proposed to this woman. Like that's how the show works. You just did what the show does. You did the show thing, and it didn't know. go good. Um, so there's so, a, there's so many uncomfortable interactions between Nick and the women on this date. Like it was mostly Nick just walking around and being like, um, "Oh my gosh, saying what he sees." It's just saying what he sees. Oh, oh, cheetah print coat, mm, Letterman's jacket. Oh, I wonder what sport. <laughs> <laughs> no, he like, he like doesn't know how to be on a group date, which isn't unusual for a new bachelor. Uh, but instead of like trying to engage with the women, he's just walking around and he'll stop in front of an exhibit that a woman is also at and be like, no, oh, can't help her. Mostly like, Liz, like mostly Liz, like, <laughs> mm, that's the thing. Uh, don't talk to me about our stuff. Yeah. Please, not our stuff. Uh, so what happens next? Is hell on earth. Like it, <laughs> I thought like, boy, this is a really uncomfortable date. Surely they couldn't make this any more uncomfortable with interactive live theater, could they? <laughs> uh we see we see a fight happening in one of the wings of this gallery uh and it is between a couple uh that we don't know and they are yelling at each other and at one point the woman removes a ring and throws it at the man and we cut- I think, like Josephine like picks it up and like starts to walk it over to them but realizes oops this is interactive live theater and so she just kind of like fucking sets it down on a counter nearby and like walks <laughs> back with guys it was fucking like it was like they had come across like a bomb squad like disarming uh, an improvised <laughs> explosive device and they all didn't know what to do with their fucking bodies uh, the curator of the gallery says that this is part of their quote live symposium uh, and that as part of the date, all of the women will have a chance to uh, stage a breakup with Nick. Um, <sighs> Which is a, f- it's a fucking fun idea for a date. And a lot of the women have really fun, well, a lot of fun with it. Oh, but there's one, there's just one situation that's going to be a little prickly, though. And that is the woman who is on this date that, like, they already have a really bad situation going. And they technically kind of did break up, I guess, a little bit, like, nine months ago. Who Jesus. Yeah, so everybody kind of takes a turn, and it's pretty innocuous. Um, they all come up with little things. Uh, Astrid, like, breaks the rose in half. Uh, Christina does this, like, I'm a dental hygienist. Do you brush and floss? No. Well, then it's over. There was a lot, <laughs> there was a lot of Nick being a bad improv partner, and oh, we need yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> she was yeah, like, you I- haven't brushed your teeth today, did you? And Nick's like, yes, I did. What are you doing? That's not how it happened. You're breaking up. Or when Astrid is like, I will not accept your rose. And Nick's like, well, who said I gave it to you? It's like, Nick. It was very much like, <laughs> I've got a gun. Agent Michael Scarn. Get down on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, he keeps like trying to keep up and failing miserably because he can't add anything to any of these scenes. Um, Josephine... Does, oh, this is the hit. Does the slap. This is ABC's The Slap, coming coming <laughs> in season two with Uma Thurman. They, so, slapped a, they slapped another fucking kid. I don't know what to tell you. They just keep <laughs> slapping kids on this fucking show. She slaps him, like step one, slaps him very hard. Right on the face. And then says, how many bottles will I have to pick up before I have to leave you? And, or how, many, <laughs> how, much have you, how much have you had to drink today? And he says, I haven't drank today. Nicholas! And then he says... Oh, but what about Ron's bachelor party? That was good. 
Um, yeah, so they do this weird, weird dramatic scene where she tries to add this whole subplot. It's it, great. Like, it, Josephine <laughs> crushes it. She's, she's fucking fantastic. She has earned her stripes in my book uh, with, this, with this date. She's hysterical. And then, then Liz gets oh up. Oh my god! And she pulls out a fucking like notebook, and I'm immediately like a little moleskine journal that she has written down. <laughs> Our friend Johnny, who we watch the show with, who is one of my favorite uh, like couch commentators, uh, <laughs> fucking gets up, and we have this like uh, we have sort of an open concept living room, kitchen, dining room thing, but there's like a load bearing pillar in the middle of all of it, and he just starts fucking walking in a circle around <laughs> it as if he is doing a maypole dance uh, to try to like hide his face from the television set. She... It is fucking savage. She starts reading a treatise on the real history of their wedding hookup. And Kristen, her mouth drops open because Kristen knows this is real. All the other women kind of can't tell. I forget which one of the women uh, comments on it. Jamie. Jamie comments on it. She's like, wow, I really was impressed with how deep Liz went into her story crafting of like, oh man, how could you, how the fuck could you think this is a fucking good idea? This is a breakup date where we're going to the breakup museum and everybody's making up fake breakup shit, but I'm going to drop this actual sensitive thing that I've been meaning to talk to you about and then confuse everybody by talking about it and make you wildly uncomfortable 100% and, and this is how I've decided to broach the subject 100% producer intervention I I am calling this one a plus definitely somebody pulled her aside and said now is the time for you to if that's the case oh my god Liz I feel so fucking bad that this had to happen to you and yeah. maybe this is why you had to read it off of a notebook but good lord that didn't help like every it, it was in every way it was 100% a complete reversal of what everybody else was doing like nobody was Nobody was, like, uh, getting serious with it at all. Everybody was, like, slapping and making funsies. And and this was a super serious, actually super real, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was really rough. So at this point, Nick realizes, like, oh, Liz and I are going to have to talk about it. They leave the museum and go to the second half of their date. And uh, Nick says that he is living his nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Which is always good. Uh, Because he he is talking to the other women. He is doing the typical second half of the date. Let's have drinks and have five minutes together. We need a word, by the way. We need some terminology for what it's called when... Uh, Nick is talking to a woman and she's like, well, I'm from Hoxie, uh, North Dakota and I am the school board president. And then like, while they're talking, Nick cuts in with a behind the scenes interview talking about something else. Like, I don't care about your shit. We're moving on to my shit now. It's so, it's so, it's so mean to the women who are giving these, these well, conversations and it happens like five times in it, a row. He tells us the viewer and understandably he is distracted by knowing that this Liz thing exists and that he has to talk to her about it. And, and there's so, like 12 minutes left in the episode at this point. So we know we ain't getting a rose ceremony this up. Yeah. Uh, so this is where Jamie uh, reveals to Nick that she has dated a woman prior to him. This was um, so, this and was, then makes kind of a fun joke and says, you know, oh, but I won't go after the one you want, which I think is kind house, of, I guess. Yeah. Fun. This was so like, I don't know what I expected from this show. It is not like, and, and they don't dwell on it. They don't make they a don't big dwell thing on it at all. It. They don't. And I don't think they like step in it or anything uh, particularly bad. I mean, maybe it, it'll come up later though. We don't know. Yeah. I don't want to give them carte blanche, but like it was, I, I know this show is not the most like, um, 
you know, li- liberated is not the right word, like, cool show about this type of stuff. <laughs> Enlightened, maybe? Enlightened. Um, so I don't really know what I expected, but they don't, like, they don't, like, dive dive into it. Nick doesn't, Nick's not like, oh, well, you know, sexuality's a spectrum, and it's just like, oh, well, <laughs> I hope you don't date any of the women in the house. And she's like, well, not any of the ones that you like. And it's like, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to know, I wanted this to be, like, a thing, right? Like, we've... I feel like there's always conversations happening in the Facebook group. Like, what if there was a bisexual bachelor or bachelorette? Yeah. Um, and my response to that is, like, they're, they're not going to do that because they're just not, like, they're not... They're um, not equipped, I feel like. They're not equipped to... Well, and they're fucking equipped. Like, they could do it. They're just, like, yeah, chicken shit. But they don't have that formula worked out. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I kind of wanted this to be more of a more of a thing and i was disappointed when it wasn't because well, i it really might, it might have been and the liz story just ate up you know this fucking always happens yeah it's rot all over again uh so this is when nick sits down with Kristen, and Kristen reveals that she knows what happened with him and liz and nick is like hey i don't know if this makes you uncomfortable but i want to know what you know and Kristen's like everything <laughs> And Kristen, like, chucks Liz over the fucking balcony in front of the way of an oncoming bus. Like, it is... Kristen, well, no, she, no, she knows, she laid this woman low. I thought she wanted to act as kind of a confidant for Nick. Like, hey, just so you know, I know this must be tough for you, and that, that time in the museum must have been awkward. You think it was more malicious than that? I don't know if it, yeah, I kind of do, because it, it, there is no, the only thing that was keeping Liz there was that nobody else in the house new straight up like that was the only because once that info started to leak out into the contestants um that's like it for his rep or whatever and so when when she tells nick like yeah liz told me about it unprompted and um yeah just wanted to tell me about it and so i know about it nick was like well then i don't know who else she's telling but i've gotta i've gotta cut this thing off i made a joke oh i guess we can talk about it but like he sends he's going to send liz home uh yeah. and i made a joke that like immediately after he was like and Kristen, you, you too you're sent home <laughs> yeah. i have to send home everybody who knows my my <laughs> my my secret yeah that I've, that I've made love before and i have to put jade and tanner into a vault jade and tanner you're going to be sunk <laughs> to the bottom of the ocean you're living in a bubble community uh, so down nick there. From what we can see, Nick goes straight to Liz. Nick's um, wearing a camo jacket, by the way, and this sparked a, a a fervent discussion about camouflage and its place in the modern dating. Apparently, scene. it's in now, but it's kind of basic. It's also it's also fucking camouflage. It's what people wear so they can sneak up on deer and shit. Like you didn't wear. There was a phase in the nineties. I never had a camo face. Never, ever, never, 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 ever, never, never. There ne- was a- a- over. Well, part of it I think is your age because when I was in middle school, I grew school, up in fucking West Virginia. That was like where it was invented. No, I'm saying. See, you're you're missing the the quadrant uh, of the nineties grunge era when wearing camouflage was very much. A thing to kind of express your your grunginess. Did you have a camo face? Mm-hmm. I may have. I don't know that I had, but I definitely coveted um, like a, an army style jacket. An army style camo jacket with the jinkos down low. I didn't wear jinkos. With the boots with the fur. You wore jinkos. <laughs> no, I did not. You had jinkos and you rode on them. No. You had Jinko jeans. I didn't because I wasn't a skater and I didn't want to be called out on that. I wore skater attire and I never fucking skated. That didn't well, stop it was me. different for, for gentlemen. 
I never owned any Jinkos. I wanted to, though. I mean, I can't even imagine. It's expensive. Yeah. A lot of fabric. Can't imagine how expensive those were. So much. Each pocket is like 20 bucks. This reminds me of the story where you and your friend Clint Wilson sh- shared a pair of rollerblades. Uniblade. <laughs> this was fun. Uniblade. Everybody, go buy a pair of Uniblades and get a friend. You wear a shoe on one foot and a blade on the other, and you push yourself. It's this fun. Is, <laughs> this is like, to me, this really paints a picture of like, we had one pair of rollerblades between us. <laughs> me and Evan Minsker also bought goggles at Hot Topic. Mine were red and his were green, and we switched out one lens. So we had a fucking cool, like, 3D style. Oh. We looked really cool with our Uniblades and mismatched goggle colors from Hot oh. Topic. So I bought, a ring from, I bought a ring from Hot Topic once and I wore it. and had like fire on it. It was cool. I can't picture you wearing an accessory like a necklace or a ring. Or fucking goggles or one rollerblade. I'm you just, can picture me wearing one rollerblade. I'm just glad that you never got your ears pierced. Yeah. Me. Well, I would look fucking great. What are you talking about? <laughs> I would look super duper good with that. Um... Okay, so so Nick and Liz sit down, and and they both have kind of interesting points. Um, so Liz is kind of like, "Hey, we were drunk, and I didn't think there was anything there." And then you got real busy with Bachelor in Paradise and your Bachelor tour, and I decided to come on the show and see if there was anything there. And then uh, Nick is saying, "Hey, we have mutual friends. If you really wanted to know if anything was there." You could have seen me sometime between the nine months of the wedding and now. So he's suspicious. Like, why are you coming on this show? We clearly, if we had something, you could have looked into it before now. And she's saying, you were on that press tour. How would I have seen, you know, if anything was there? You were busy. And so they both kind of come at this conversation. Neither of them says, oh, and I really like you. And I have a real interest in us being together. Right, because that's not the truth. Like, yeah. this is what I'm saying. It doesn't take much to peel back the veil here and real, like, really think about it, gang. Like, if you really liked somebody who had been chosen to be the Bachelor, about, if you really liked somebody who had been chosen to be the star of a reality dating show where you get engaged at the end of it, you would say, well, I guess that's not going to happen because that's really... That's crazy. Like, that's not going to happen. The last thing you would think is, I'm going to go on that show and win. That's not how any of this... I I really like this. Nick doing that to Caitlin after meeting her at some event. No, that's you didn't do it because I really like you. And so I thought I would come on this love contest and win your heart. Yeah. That's not how fucking any of this works. And so, like, no, that's not... I'm sorry, that's not why... She came to the show. She didn't come to the show because they hooked up at a wedding and then like, I'm I'm going to win his heart. I really think we have a connection. So I'm going to go on the love contest and do the best at it and win it. And well, then we'll get engaged at the end. That's, I'm, that's a, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt here. It's not her. It's it, This is not a judgment on Liz. I'm saying that's not how it's happened a few times now. It lasts season with Ben, there were two women who were return contestants who were like, I just saw him on TV and thought, you know, I want to take a swing at him. That's not how like an earnest attempt at starting a relationship starts. And if you think about it like that, if you think about it, like, you know, she's just taking her shot. No, she's appearing on a televised love contest and like trying to win the love contest yeah. so that she can get engaged to it. Like there's so many leaps of logic there. No, you you're cannot, right. You can't treat this thing like it's it's that real. You can treat it like it's a little bit real and it's it's fun and you kind of have to to enjoy it. But like 
I'm not saying either one of them is in the wrong. I'm saying thinking about it like she loved him. And so she had to go win his heart for the televised love contest is like, no, that's not how it works. It's just not how it works. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not how it works. So what Nick says is, hey, we met at the wedding. We had a good time. I asked for your number. You didn't give it to me. And when you didn't give me your number, I kind of checked out on any interest I had in you. So I'm going to go ahead and send you home because it's not going to happen between us. And, and it's, it's, she doesn't seem too to torn yeah, up. Yeah, and she walks out, yeah. and that's it. That's, that's um, it, it was, but it's not it, because he recognizes, oh, yeah. I just sent her home. I'm going to have to tell these women something. Yeah. And he decides the something he's going to tell them is the whole story. We had sex. Yeah. In so a, he comes out. Bed. He comes out. He says, I just sent Liz home. Uh, you should know. I met Liz at Jane Tanner's wedding, and Liz and I had sex episode over jump to like trailer for next episode and it is just wailing and fucking lamentations yeah which i can't figure out because he made love he everyone thought he was a virgin (laughs) it's confusing if he had kept her then i could understand some some trepidation of oh you're saying you had sex with her and here she is sitting right next to me i have no shot at winning you've already been with this woman but instead he sends them home and all the women are apparently, I guess, upset. And I, I don't know. Maybe this is overblown. Maybe it's not actually the reaction that happens. Mm. Um, but they make it seem like the women are, are very distressed that there was a contestant that he had already been with. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, so that so that was the episode. That was the episode. It was a fucking banger of an episode. There was it a was. lot of stuff to love and also cringe so hard at. Um, and hey, if you had Corinne on your team, holy fucking shit! So many points. Enjoy. Um, we got, we got, we got makeout points. We got steal away points. We got Rose. We got Rose points. Oh man, she is she is a power player. Yeah. Um, thank you all for listening to Rose Buddies. Um, oh, I wanted to thank um, in our PO box um, on the last episode. Griffin mentioned um, our history with the Super Bowl Shuffle album. And uh, a nice uh, fan, Melissa, that works at a record store, said that she is in Chicago, had a bunch of copies of it, and sent it to us. So now we have that they relic. They got pretty ambitious with that album. They're like, we've got a really, we've got a hit on our hands. We, we have need to that, print a million copies of it. That relic from our romantic history, yes. which was very sweet. Thank, thank, you, thank Melissa. you, Melissa. Um, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us. We're a new addition to the Max Fun Network. Yeah, and, and we've had a lot of new listeners, and thank you so much. Hi, welcome. Hope you had a good time. Sorry. Sorry, sorry so, I talk so much about Whiplash. Sorry you're watching The Bachelor now. Oops. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.